Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is December 7th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I am uh, I'm doing all right. The curse. No more. Uh, I'm willing to start throwing in some exceptions, carving out. The curse is not broken unless, you know, I don't know. It's another event south of the border. It's not in, you know, the continental United States. You know, we could always carve out those exceptions, the JT. He's got to win a full field event in the continental United States kind of thing when he dominate Hawaii or Kuala Lumpur and places like that. Uh, is this an official end of the curse? The Mayakoba does it. It's another PGA Tour win, so we're putting it to bed. I'm giving it as the end of the curse as we know it. The, so for those that might not know what we're talking about, it's the Puerto Rico cur- curse. The idea that nobody that won the Puerto Rico Open has ever won outside of Puerto Rico again. And here we are, Victor Hovland. On the PGA Tour, right? I mean, there's probably... No, I I don't think so. (laughs) Why don't we say say it's a calendar year? So, like, if you win in the same calendar year, how about that? I'm just trying to... We got to have something to yell about. Maybe it's a maybe it's just a Tony Finau problem, not an actual PR curse, or a a DA points problem, someone like that. But uh, Hovland figured to be the guy... or Finau, I don't know. Who do you, are you surprised Hovland was the guy to do it first? I mean, it seems like he won to Puerto Rico, I don't know, two two years ago, three years ago, it feels like. And it was this year, nine months ago. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I I think when he won, we said, this is the guy that's going to put the PR curse to the test. Are we going to see <laughs> if this thing's real? A lot of people are saying, you know, anything in Central America doesn't account, you know? And well, I mean, Puerto Rico, to be clear, is not in Central America, right? I mean, come on. Is that Carib- what they're now? They're Caribbean, trying to stretch. Caribbean the- slash Central America. It's amazing the definitions will stretch. Like we did this exact same thing with JT about just trying to figure out how to, you know, exclude him from giving him credit. But anyways, we, we want to ride for the curse is, is the issue here. We're trying to find ways to make sure it's not dead. Uh, It it hurts the content when the PR curse is dead. (laughs) dead. But congratulations to Victor Hovland. It's very exciting that he won. Um, Incredibly impressive. It was a... uh... It's a pillow soft golf course out there. Gosh, oh it's just, I mean, every time they pan down, there's just chunks of, you know, there's divots everywhere. The ball is just stopping and going backwards in the fairway. It was just, I agree. They had weather, they had weather, you know, it's December and, but it was, uh, it was soft and, and cushy out there, but he wins at 20 under beats Aaron wise by a shot with a birdie putt from, I don't know what, 10 feet up the hill on 18. Yeah. They had really similar looks on 18, you know, sure. about the same length. And, and Wise got really hot in the middle of that back nine, but, uh, you know, didn't get the job done down the stretch with, you know, that putt on 18, especially. Hovland missed a shorty on that par three after he hit a great shot in there. I thought at that point it might have been the curse, you know, bucking its head there. But, uh, yeah. 
you know, yeah. the, uh, at the end of the day, Victor Hovland is now up to 15th of the world rankings. I think it's, it's kind of neat to look back. You know, there was all sorts of hype around Hovland, Wolf, and Morikawa, and it's proving to be well worth it with, you know, Morikawa's fifth of the rankings, Wolf 14th, and Hovland 15th. So pretty impressive for those guys playing their first, you know, now just starting their second full year on the PGA Tour to be um, that highly ranked. I mean, look, uh, hype of amateur players, incoming college, you know, highly highly successful college players isn't uncommon, right? I mean, it's almost an annual thing. Certainly some are elevated, you know, every now and then are described as generational and things like that. But I mean, for those three together to have the success that they've had, you know, immediately, not just, you know, not just contention, but wins. And like, you're talking about world ranking points and FedEx cup points and, uh, courier points. It's extremely rare, extremely rare for that the hype to be so to be, I don't know, to be realized so quickly, and so so soon, and and it really feels like they're a group that they'll probably be compared to, with each other for I don't know, let's say five, ten years. Let's not get carried away to talk about the big three or anything for the next twenty years, anything like that. But they will be kind of thought of together for at least the immediate future. Yeah, and the guy that's forgotten, obviously, is Justin Suh was with right. them, too, and highly regarded. He hasn't made it there yet, but, you know, with these guys, I, yeah, mm. you know, the, the people will always probably compare this. They weren't all the same class, but that class of 2011, which had JT and Spieth, um, you know, who knows if they get to that level, but. Was Norman John their class turn pro, or was he a year I think he was the Prior. year ahead of him. Okay. Okay. Did him and Thornberry were the year ahead of him. Okay. But okay. they're all different classes too. That's important. Right. High school. You know, yeah. Wolf is younger. And, yeah. and Hovland's, Hovland's in between Wolf and Morikawa because Hovland was, I think, a junior uh, when he turned pro. So that's a that's an important side note. Like Colin Morikawa is almost 24 years old now. So, you know. Potential, potential race to Dubai champion. A lot of hubbub around that. I mean, he's in the hunt. After, I think he's like, going I, there. Is he going to go to Dubai? I saw on Instagram he was, World he was uh, getting on a plane. So, well, it, it must be like... to Dubai. That's the only place planes could go. You know, I'm kidding. Did it look like they say he was going to Dubai? It looked like an international flight. <laughs> All right. Because this might be his first time playing. It is his first time, I believe, playing the European tour. Maybe he studied abroad in, in, in college. Maybe he set foot in Europe for that. Or I guess he's maybe on a Walker Cup, but I don't, I don't think he did go to Walker Cup in Europe. But um, he was going to – I mean, he's in the hunt. He's played five tournaments. I think it's majors at WGCs. Never been on the Euro Tour, and he's, what, two, three? I mean, at least Patrick Reed, you know, is a lifetime member. He patronized the, the BMW Wentworth. He's, he's He considers himself a world player, whether that's – accurate or not, you know, but Mark Howell was in the hunt having never even sniffed or, or looked at or looked at European tour in, in any it's, great way. I think we could talk about this Wednesday, but it is an unbelievable thing that deserves <laughs> deserves a lot of it's criticism. Yeah. We've talked about it. It's a farce. I mean, we love the European tour, but it's a complete joke. It's a really like, 
I mean, I'd be trying to find a way to fix it. Let's talk about it Wednesday. I mean, if I'm Pelly, you just like, just fix it. Be a fixer and change the standings. Just get it off your, it's embarrassing. So, hey, anyway. one thing that might slide a little bit under the rug, won't be talked about with this Havland win, is a European Ryder Cup team. Right. What about it? I mean, he's on the team. No? He's got to be, right? He's Whether he makes it on points or not, he's on the team. I, I don't see it. I don't see any way around it. So he may be, uh, you know, the the shorter diminutive cowboy. He's the only one that's going to be there because I don't know about Ricky these days. If he's going to make it. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, he doesn't seem like a Ryder Cup player anymore. Ricky, uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky might be a, taking up an assistant captain role. He could be a cart driver. He could be a Zash type. Caddy could be driving the cart for him. Back patter, you know. We don't need to bag on Ricky yet. All right. So what else, what are your other takeaways from Mayakoba? Other than it was incredibly soft. It was a nice little, nice little year ender, I would say. You're, we're used to this sort of being in a complete dead zone in October, and then we get maybe a Hero World Challenge or something this week. But I, I found it as a nice little December pick-me-up. I had a fire made on Saturday. It was it was nice to watch. I mean, it was a, it had like a good feel too, you know? Right. Right. Like a good leaderboard too. It's different. I would hate, I, I like the golf course is claustrophobic. It's unbelievable for, for tour professionals. Oh. It's like, it's fine. But you look at the overheads, it's like, how does anybody keep some of those like, T-boxes? Balls everywhere. I got like, I panicky just looking at some of those T-boxes and looking on the right, looking on the left, the overheads, it's just like, you know, the Amazon with a couple golf holes cut in between them and fairways cut in between them. It looks cr- My dad went there several years ago <laughs> for like a work retreat and said it was just like he had to get my mom's ball out of the cave bunker or something. He talked about that. So one guy they were playing with lost like 10 balls in the first like 12 holes. They're just gone. As soon as you miss the fairway, it's gone. Also mentioned they, they made like an authentic dinner for whatever, like, Two thousand people there, some company retreat. Everybody got sick, so a couple <laughs> hundred people got got food poisoning from that. So that was his Mayakoba anecdote. But anyways, yeah, guy losing ten balls doesn't look does not look uh, pleasant for the amateur player. What else did you take away from Mayakoba? Um, you know, Billy Horschel, sneaky twenty twenty. You know how many how many top tens he has? He's always kind of sneaky now. Uh, I'll say seven top tens only because it seems like you're playing it up five. Okay. But and it's just, there weren't that many tournaments this year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One, since, since he went AWOL, he's been so much better. <laughs> Bob Parsons, Brendan Todd, another strong showing top 10 for him. Are you making any, Grand pronouncements about Fino. We got a lot of messages about his putter. You know, it was a little ridiculous. The shaft going down, you know, the middle of the face behind it or whatever it's called. Um, do you have anything to say about Fino? I mean, he shot 67. It was kind of a rough go of it. He scrambled together to shoot 67. But, uh, I, you know, I was here. I was ready to, you know, blame the end, the finish of his, you know, round on the curse, just, you know, coming up and snatching away his hopes. But, I mean, when you think about the golf courses for Tony Finau, this is probably one of the worst ones, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it, it mitigates power. The simple fact that he's, you know, just hanging in there even is unbelievable. It's just not an ideal spot for him. So I don't I don't mark it up this too much. The guy's got to win one of these days. I think he could just be like a modern Gary Woodland, you know, new age Gary Woodland. He's not that much younger than Gary Woodland, but Gary Woodland's like the same way. Like we're just like, why does he win more? You know, he might be like a rich man's Gary Woodland at the end of his yeah. career. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, every time, he's so good. He's going to be in the top 10 very often. But every time he kind of shows up on a Sunday, we're always looking at it through the context of win or nothing. You know, there's only, win is the only thing that you can do to, to impress you at this point, I guess. Um, well, I mean, in, in think about like the PGA. Like that, yeah. coming down the stretch of the PGA, he made putts. He hit shot like he made birdies he hit shots he made putts like he just got outplayed got outplayed yeah yeah uh anything else from mayakoba speaking of close but no cigar so ricky misses the cut nosferatu had him at 51 so he is going to fall outside the fifth top 50 that's not official it's nosferatu productions he's usually on the money um I saw Eamon Lynch had a column about him, kind of poking a bear or poking at him a little bit, you know, too much time with the endorsements, things like that. He's going through a swing change and all that. It's a thought, you know, this would be a good year to go through a swing change when we had no golf for three or four months. You kind of quietly do it as opposed to fall off the face of the earth and a whole year uh, for, you know, middle of the year. But he just kind of never had it all this year. He misses the cut. Brooks Kepka misses the cut. Had like a, I don't know, he, he played it too casually with like a one and a half footer, lifted out, missed the cut by one. That wasn't his last hole, but you know, that was the difference between him, you know, making the cut could have been the difference. Uh, who had a more disappointing year, Ricky or Brooks, in your opinion? I, I think I got to go with Ricky. I mean, Brooks, you could chalk so much up to Brooks with the injury. It's hard yeah. to, and then, you know, even with the injury, he was in the mix at, at majors, you know. He's at least a factor. A factor, you know, Harding Park, for sure. Yeah, uh, and, made, and, you and know, the, the Masters. Masters. Quietly, <laughs> quietly, all of a sudden in the mix. Uh, but but Ricky, you know, he started the year 23rd in the rankings. He's outside of 50. He basically didn't do anything all year the, his best finish is a fifth from the tournament of champions which you know and then you look back to really after wells fargo he hasn't done anything right. his best finishes he, he, I, I mean he he was decent in the open but it's just i think we're at the point with ricky where it's he's no longer a superstar or even a star like and he shouldn't even be considered a star golfer yeah the fact that this is a question speaks to the different there are different categories these two operate operate in right i mean brooks the expectations are maybe a major at least a win ricky the expectations are i don't know just being competent golfer maybe a win you know having a couple top tens justify the commercials and things like that uh I did see Brooks. Apparently, apparently Brooks went a little Hulk, Incredible Hulk, down in Mayakoba when he missed the cut. 
Oh, Jenna, Jenna had some Instagram video to posted of a bunch of iron snapped in half on, on their, you know, presumably at the Mayakoba back at the Mayakoba resort. Uh, so somebody who's definitely not happy with this year, happy with this finish, sort of an appropriate finish given the years and going back and perhaps smashing all the irons over your knee or all your clubs over your knee that that's the end of the season for Brooksy. I, I doubt Ricky did that. You know, Ricky probably did the whole like, Oh, we'll get him. We'll get him back. Working through some things, working, working through, you know, if you need any Christmas ideas, here are my tailor made golf balls kind of thing. Uh, go ahead. I mean, yeah, that's the, the hard thing about going through a swing change at the highest level and why it doesn't work so often is, you know, the margins are so thin and the difference between missing cuts and finishing 30th or 20th is nothing. You know, it's, it's just a right. putt here every round, you know? And I, I just, with Ricky, I, I wonder about a lot of things, you know, his game has always been, it hasn't been based around a dominant skill, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. have like the iron play of a tiger or the distance of a Brooks or DJ or, you know, even the, you know, iron play of Spieth when he was at his height, like what the way Ricky got it done was that he was, re- he was pretty good at everything. Like he was pretty good off the tee. He was a pretty good iron player. He was pretty good around the greens. And at times he was a really good putter. And obviously putting carries a lot less weight than the tee to green stuff and is more variable and I just look at his game, and maybe this is why he's making a change at this point, is he's saying, I have to be an elite ball striker in order to win majors. And, you know, and if this is the reason for his change, you know, props to him because he gave up being an ATM to do this, you know, um, which leads me to believe that, like, Ricky doesn't deserve slack for, like, not wanting to be really good, right? No, no, I agree with that. I agree. I, I think like he's someone who's really close, almost close to dominant as an amateur player and college player, you know, ton of accolades and deservedly so. And I think like, I don't know, certainly the image and branding, we don't need to make this a big Ricky podcast, but yeah, I do think like, it's not like, cause he's, he's complacent at all. Like you said. Um, yeah. And I just look ahead. at, you know, just off the tee this year, He's 119th in distance and 66, uh, you know, strokes gained. And he, when he's had his best years, he's been near the top of distance and he's been near, like he's had really good off the tee years. And that's what I think is the reality is like, you can't be a really good PGA tour player at, you can't play all these golf courses well, unless you're in the top, you know, 30 or 40 off the tee. Like that's a, yeah. almost a prerequisite for someone like him because he's not a good enough iron player. He's not right. Webb Simpson, right? Do you have a dump in the cup nominee for my, Hey, who's had a better career, Webb or Ricky? Webb? What? I don't know. One of the players? I guess Ricky won the players, I, I'm told. Wasn't the US I think Open? I would I would go with Webb too, but I think you're underrating how long Ricky was a top ten player in the world. Like that gets a little bit brushed under the rug. It's hard 
he you're doing something right in order to be in the top 10 at the end of the year all the time for almost a decade yeah Webb had the anchor ban imposed on him middle of his That's, career kind of jammed him up a little bit one and he might got say all the way back anchoring uh anchoring away again still at the arm lock is that what you're talking and all it, right, who took you know ricky ricky Go was ahead. like a five-year top five or top 10 guy that's fair that's fair i guess it's the same issue with now, though you know the more recent scale but like, not even close to ricky why Finau, Ricky won? Finau, yeah even like Finau's wishes like he was not like ricky at all yet he has not been Hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, he's been pretty good at the majors. He's he's not. All right. Uh, okay. Who took a dump in the cup? JT? JT. Dropped seven spots. I mean, he, sh- he shot, what, 62 on Saturday. So it's kind of hard to follow that up with another 63, 62. He shot, uh, what did he shoot was, on Sunday? I was looking for 69. his out of the country fall win this year. <laughs> missed out on it. TPC Kuala Lumpur is no more. Well, maybe this what could have been it. Or no this was CJ the big. Cup. This was the only opportunity for the fall um, <laughs> out of the country win by JT. You know, it would have been rare with, with it being a full field event. But uh, you know, sneakily, and I don't know if this is that sneakily, but he's kind of been disappointing on Sundays. More so, he used to be. He was so good and this could be just the law of averages you know yeah yeah but this year he has been a little bit shaky on sundays now he's had had really good sunday at like at uh in attack Memphis. yeah in attack. i love how that's just your unconscious subconscious name for it now you don't have to think about it just in attack okay yeah he was good in memphis sir uh cj cup 74 zozo he had that 69 where it was a really bad 69 sure you know yeah where it was just you know some questionable decisions and bad shots squirrely shots masters 70 garanimo garanimo 73 you know just when we're looking back on the year i it he had those comments. I don't know where he said them. Um, I saw him tweeted out or something that he thought he could win like 10 or 11 times in a season. Did yeah, he did say winning 10 times in a year wouldn't is like is, is doable or conceivable. Or I, I don't know what his the specific context was, but yes, that was the headline. I don't like he said that and naturally you'd be like, that's cr-, but it's not out of the question for him. Right. Right. I mean, He's the one, I would think. Of all the you know, guys, him or DJ Kepka doesn't care. DJ maybe, yeah. But I don't see DJ even wanting to play more than like fifteen events going forward, right? Yeah. Uh, JT plays a little more. Maybe he won't going forward. Um, hey, we were talking about Sundays finishing and all that. One thing I did love about Hovland, and he said this a little bit at Puerto Rico. Was like, oh God, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I was so nervous. I, I'm usually awful when the pressure's up. Like, I 16, I basically thought I was over. It was done after I hit my second shot. I was like, I'm just, I'm shocked that I was able to do that because I'm usually so bad when the pressure's on. I mean, I love, I kind of, it's a little DL3 in a sort of a little, I, I don't know what that is, but I appreciate it. Usually you'll get like the whole, the tough guy 
act afterwards being like, oh, no, pressure is nothing. You know, it doesn't affect me at all. Whereas he quite was quite happy to tell us he he often cracks and crumbles and thought he was today. So. The uh, the agent hasn't gotten his claws into yeah. him yet. Big agency. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, hey, you know, He's the next deal is Jay Lindenberg. <laughs> you can't say that if you want to re-up with Jay Lindenberg or whatever he's got going. <laughs> whatever you, his, listen, his activation. You see stuff. Ricky? You see all that money he's pulling <laughs> in? Ricky will never say that. <laughs> Ricky will just say, you got to get back, work on some things, get get at him next time. You're happy with how you play. <laughs> A lot of words to say, nothing at all. Uh, but I, I appreciated that candor from uh, Victor at the end of it. Of course, it's a little easier to say it after you've won, right? After you lost by a shot well, or two, you're not going to say I cracked or crumbled. It's easier once you've won. What would we be saying if he said that after he lost? Would we be like, right. does this, this guy, guy have want it? it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, that's yeah. the tricky thing with, with you know, I don't doing know. The pop psych, doing the pop psych stuff on, on guys mm-hmm. and not just looking at the golf shots. Yeah. That's always a precarious exercise. All right. Anything else on my Austin, Coba? Austin Ekro, just out yeah. of uh, top 10, which yep. amateur, yep. Oklahoma, another uh, cowboy. Yeah. I wonder if true. you could have gotten odds on him being second best cowboy. How many were there? Uh, that's going to take a while. And shout out to John Ha after the uh, fra- flashback Friday on Ha telling his story. Huh? Strong finish, top 20. Uh-huh. Somebody asked me what the the nickname for the Huff fan should be, like the meth heads, yeah. and I yeah. said the question marks. I like that. Very creative, Andy. I like that. The question John mark. Ha and the question marks. <laughs> Shout out to John Ha, top twenty. Seriously, uh, Austin Eckrod as well. Good, good on him. All right, anything else? You good? I'm good. Uh, I, I talk. A lot of my congr- congrats talk. on Hunter Mayhan for making a cut. Indeed. Congrats to Hunter. Hey, what's going on with Ali Schneider, Jans? He what's going he... on with Bo Hostler? I don't Let's know. Talk about that. I mean, I we don't need to talk. What about do you it. want to talk about? I don't know. He's just they're not competitive anymore. I thought they're gonna be. I thought Bo Hostler had it sort of figured out. Would be not you know not Colin Morikawa or anything, but he appeared to be a pretty consistent top level top thirty FedEx Cup standings tour pro. And he's he's struggling right now. Same with Ollie Schneider, Jance. He was bad. You know, know who killed it, killed uh, where Bo Hostler lays dead? Where, where we could have just buried him? What? We should have just we should have just dug his grave in that bunker. He bladed it out of at the 2018 Houston Open in that playoff. Oh. Was that Poulter? Who yeah, was Poulter. the? I think that was, was Poulter. Poulter. Yeah, yeah. Since that moment. He had one second in 2019. He finished. Just, it was a nationwide. It was a, it was a corn ferry event, so it doesn't even count. Yeah, I like. I want him to do well. I don't know why, but I, I like him. He's a strange. He's a strange like dude. I think. I think he the beats Bo by. No show. Yeah, no. <laughs> beats by his own drum. Like uh, lives life on his own uh, drummer or whatever that expression is. Odd odd duck. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's do. Let's do an ad rate. The holidays approach. Smith Devereaux is your uh, wine supplier for the holidays. You have to order by today, they say. If you want to do ground, order December 7th. Uh, if not, if you want it there by Christmas, I should say. 
if you don't do it by today, then you got to use two or three day shipping. If you want to get there by Christmas for New Year's, it's December 11th, which I believe is also coming up this week. If not, you, if you don't get it in by then, use two or three day shipping. Uh, Shotgun Start listeners are getting 30% off uh, their their Friday Junior 3-pack, which includes a Cabernet, Sauvignon Blanc, and a California Red Blend. And they're getting 20% off some of their gold standard, as they quote, uh, mockingly quote after the Players' Championship, their single vineyard Merlot, the Napa Valley Cab, and their Sauvignon Blanc. 20% off of those. Uh, the URL for that is smithdevereaux.com slash SGS. They're supporters of the podcast. The one guy was texting me about the Browns today. Trying you to give me talk about that. Yeah. Are you guys good? I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm happy we kicked the Titans ass. Cause like, you know, we don't That's have a big win. Yeah. We needed that. We don't have like a lot of signature wins. We've had a lot. Of, we've had an easy schedule. You could say it was smoke and mirrors. Baker looked fantastic. You know, 300 yards and four TDs in the first half. And then they just kind of slowed it down. Um, We'll see. We might be good. We needed that one, though, especially because the Titans are kind of like same record or we're the same record playoff team on the road. Not that that matters, but yeah. Anyways, I, I'm I'm kind of back in. I've been kind of just hanging out on the fringes, enjoying it, like taking a win over the Jags, taking a win over like, you know, these crappy teams we played as of late. You're ready to have your heart broken. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a little scared about getting too invested, to be honest with you, but I'm back today. Really, I was so busy. I had so much to do. And then all of a sudden I got kind of got locked into this game. But anyways, the there's their fans of the podcast. Smith Devereaux texted me about the Browns, texted Andy about his baby. Listen, Text, go ahead. listen, the uh, with the with the holiday season, everybody's holiday season is probably going to be a little bit different than usual. It's a great time to have some good wine. So go go order yourself some good wine, have it be your uh, be your friend, maybe your extra companion. You know, you know, fill out the got, the small group that you're celebrating the holidays with. Got me through Saturday night. I'll tell you that it's my son's fifth, sixth birthday this week. My wife, you know, can't do birthday Mac? parties. Sean, Sean, did so you take his? Did you get him inflatables? Should just you know, set up a, a. We have like a nine foot Olaf. He can't take on that thing. He'll get his ass kicked if he tries to punch feet on that thing. Um, but no, it's his birthday party. My wife wants to make it special, and she thought we should blow up a hundred balloons and have the floor covered in balloons when he came down today. Should have called and the like, balloon boy in. It was all. <laughs> That's a good point. You could have done, you know, PT. Could have been doing physical therapy while also helping me decorate. You're no, the new balloon it was boy. Awful. Hour blowing up balloons. Knuckles, both our fingers were bleeding from tying them. It was a terrible idea, but we had Smith Devereaux there to get us through it. So smithdevereaux.com slash SGS. If you want to ship it, you got to get it done today if you want it there safely before Christmas. All right, let's move on. The Volunteers of America Classic LPGA down in the uh, Dallas area. Uh, Angela Stanford. Wins. She's uh, the rare, rarer, increasingly rare, 40 something, 40 plus year old to win on the LPGA. You know, it's a young person's game uh, on the men's side, as we're seeing, uh, and especially so, I think, on the women's side. 
an uh, impressive run at home in, in her home state, Angela Stanford. It was, and I mean, holding off sort of the, the creme de la creme, right? So Young Rue was back on the LPGA. MB Park had, was kind of nipping our heels. Jin Young Ko was involved. Uh, you leave me no, like it was just like a really good stout leaderboard. Angel Stanford shoots I think, 67 I mean, to win by two. Talking about the challenges older players on tours tour faces, even was reminded earlier in the week when Christy Kerr had to WD from an, after her early morning golf cart accident. Do we think that's an age related <laughs> issue or just a freak accident? Who knows? The older she's, challenges. She's, older. she's one of the older players the golf in the cart field. accident. What happened there? They said it was dark out. I mean, it sounds like a serious thing. Her husband said they were being treated for serious injuries at the hospital for a while. It's it's Christy Kerr and her caddy. There was some significant golf cart injury. What? I hope Somebody, she's okay to play the yeah. women's open. This is going to be like a 30 for 30. Do you think it could have been like a Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan situation going on here? Maybe, you know, who knows? It, was, it could have been a competitor. I, I want to know. I want to get to the bottom of it. Oh, did you see that Slugger and Mark Russell are retiring? No. Really? Allegedly. Might be a rumor. Did you just spell some news? I don't think I don't think I'd seen that. Wasn't that John Paramore and uh the two Euro guys? They're taking after them? Is that right? Possibly, Maybe. allegedly. Okay. All right. All right. They they're not they don't want to live in the social media age. Every time they talk, they're getting ripped, complete gentlemen. Every time they show up, they're being their feet are held to the fire. Maybe maybe they're just objecting to the lack of CT machine no longer on tour. They want out. Maybe it's it's kind of they've had it with this uh Faustian bargain. All right. Angela Stanford, though, she's won seven times. First one was two thousand three. So 17 year career or 17 years between uh, from first one to last one, seventh one. So impressive, right? Ricky's I mean, she's going to make... get to seven. I mean, do you think Ricky has seven wins by the time he turns 43? Like Angela Stanford. Well, 17 years between wins. He's, he's what now was his first one? 2014, he's 13, 30. No, what, yeah. uh, the Fargo, Wells Fargo, whatever, yeah. it was, whatever you, Wachovia, something or other. He's 30 now. His first win was 2012. 17 years. 2029. I love how Ricky's become sort of the frame of reference for everything we're discussing on this pod. Just a casual Monday in December. Uh, anyways, congrats to Angela Stanford. Do you have anything else from the VOA? That was windy. That was kind of an interesting watch. I don't know what I, you make of that course. It may not the course be your looked bread pretty butter, cool. I like want to go play good. the golf course. They had some hokey sign like born in Scotland designed in America. I, they had something. I, I only saw it for a second on some opening montage, but it looked kind of cool. No, no trees in sight anywhere. It looked windy as hell. Wide. It's on this lake. Wide. <laughs> yeah. Old American. Uh, yeah. It looked, looked a little different. So I enjoyed watching these women try to hold the green, you know, with the wind. It was whipping. So uh, tough conditions, but we're on to uh, major championship week. That will be the primary focus of 
coverage upcoming that and Colin Morikawa's race to Dubai status. We okay. have next week's a big week. We got we might have Reed and Morikawa duking it out with the hottest player in golf, Christian B- Bezadenhut, for the yeah for the uh, title. Yep, for the race to Dubai. But they are on to Houston for the U.S. Women's Open at Champions. Uh, the Jackrabbit course, I know, which will get a lot of publicity here. So, well, there's uh, two was, courses, Jackrabbit and the. I just like I'm preferential to the name Jackrabbit, yeah. Which we'll find out if that's different from a normal rabbit. All right, congrats to Angela Stafford, impressive win, age 43. Uh, on the European tour, Antoine Rosner, Rosner, Frenchman, wins the Golf in Dubai uh, Championship. He tamed you know, the fire kinda, course. He extinguished the fire. <laughs> Saw the wheels turning there. I was wondering where you're going to go. He did. So this was sort of a prelude to this DP World Championship this coming week. But, uh, the, you know, he wins the $1.2 million purse event. Uh, I didn't see a single shot of this. It was on you know who he topped? overnight. Who do you top? MLV. Dim- and the Bumblebee. Bumblebee T- T2. Man. That's kind of a disappointing finish for the Bumblebee. He opened like 61, 66. Yeah. MLV didn't even get low Frenchman. T2, he's not even low Frenchman. That's a tough break. He's got to be bitter about that. (laughs) On the other European tour event, we had Christian Bezadenhout, who was emotional again after going back to back in this whole little South African swing. He wins the South African Open. So it's, you know, every dream come true, right? Um, of a South African golfer to win, to win national open. And he's, you know, look, he's kind of been an elite player, right? Especially on the Euro tour. He's, yeah. you know, in the masters, in WGC. He's won three times now this year, four he's, times. This you year. know, you might even deign to say he's approaching Joe Namath levels. Um, but he's like been a legit world player in the past year or so. And so, I mean, he's just cleaning up down in South Africa, cleaning up in his home country. Back-to-back wins. Now uh, in prime position for the race to Dubai. One yeah, by his, five. It wasn't even close. Crushed his, Jamie Donaldson at Gary Player, CC. It's his fourth worldwide win in 2020. Who else has four wins in 2020? DJ? DJ sounds about right. Yeah. I JT think that's it. three, I think. JT has two. Two? Okay. Okay. DJ DJ yeah. only has three wins in 2020. Really? So, yeah. I granted, like one of Bazaden houses, like a Afrasia event, but you know, he went in Spain too. Did anyone event in Spain? I thought maybe that was last year. Um, he they won. He won Dunhill South African Open. He won the Dementia Pro Am. Data Dimension Pro Am. Yeah. Actually, that's, no. That's he only has three wins. Far from my bad. Whatever, it's fine, all good. Uh, so, congrats to Christian. Yeah, he won the he won now. the Andalusia Masters. He won the Masters in uh, twenty nineteen. Last, last yeah. year, that's what I thought. Okay, uh, that was a good watch. I enjoyed see, uh, that. Was more in my time zone. Gary Player, CC, the Island Greens, the the rock croppings, waterfalls. It was sort of like a Southern Hemisphere or a uh, South African DLF. Um, hey, Justin Ray had a good uh, Bazadenhout uh, stat. Has one. Uh, each of the last two weeks on the year tour by four plus shots. He's the first player 
to win back-to-back weeks on the Euro Tour by four or more shots since Ian Woosnam in 1990. Woozy. Monte Carlo and uh, Scottish Open. Riding on the handlebars of his bicycle to back-to-back wins. That's great. Uh, all right. Anything else from South Africa? No, nothing else. European Tour, either one? No. They now have the, you know, they got a season ender coming up. Wow, the PGA Tour is into silly season. All right, news. Sad news, but have to, uh, you know, be remiss if we didn't discuss the passing of Peter Alice, repeated by many people we respect, I know and respect as maybe the greatest, greatest golf broadcaster of all time. We are of an age and we're obviously American. We did not get to hear him as much, maybe as some of our international brethren. Uh, we're in our 30s. So, we, you know, he touched American broadcasts, certainly at majors at the Open, uh, you know, in our lifetime for sure coming up. But we didn't get as much exposure to him. I, obviously, anytime I heard him, I was entertained. I was kind of entertained and soothed at the same time. Maybe this is what they had hoped for Faldo, kind of, in a, in a way. I don't know. I don't think they've gotten it. But, um, yeah, he's, well, he's absolutely a legend considered by many to be the greatest golf broadcaster ever. And, and a player. Bro, of, yeah, course, the so. player aspect of it is get, it seems to, you know, like this is, I think, kind of what happens when you're a really good player and you become a broadcaster. The broadcaster yeah. becomes the lasting legacy of you. And, and uh, you know, Alice was on a Ryder Cup teams. He won over Eight. 20 events. Um, yep. You know, so very very distinguished uh, broadcast or player as well as a broadcaster I, from the John Huggin piece, which I recommend on golf digest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's just one note that I thought was unbelievable that he pulled out of here. He's right in the lead. He was at the time of birth, the biggest baby in Europe weighing in at 14 oh. pounds, 12 ounces. I did read that. That's an older article, right? An older Alice profile, or was that an obit? No, that, he, that was, that was, that was an obit today. today. Okay, I feel like I've read that before. Okay, that's and that's an astonishing how how large he was as a baby. Went on to big things thereafter too. Accomplished big and great things after being born as a, a thick boy. Uh, but yeah, no, sad news. Of course, he was he was always kind of added something traditional and, and special every time the open came on as we were growing up it's one of those things where like you're exposed to lynx golf for that one week a year almost and you're, you get a little peter alice you yeah. get a lot of peter alice he's just it was just sort of a tradition every july and again super entertaining and witty in all the right ways and at the right times while also possessing you know great knowledge and experience of the professional game so uh all right anything else news we got we're getting a lot of tweets about Omar Uresti winning a PGA event again. People are fired up about that. Tony Romo coming in DFL at this, uh, I guess his premier amateur event, the Merido thing. Romo is whatever. DFL a lot. You know, he can do whatever he wants. You know, just leave the I guy know, alone. I know, but isn't he calling his shots? Isn't he saying big things like he's going to do big things in golf? I don't know. Whatever. The guy's why, got like a, a, a back that's i agree together it's I'm like not all, i'm not expecting him to win you know the masters or one anything. of the things that sucks for eddie like playing tournament golf is really freaking hard yeah it's like extraordinarily difficult and and anybody that is a celebrity having to play tournament golf and not allow not 
having it be like under a veil of anim anonymity is just yeah. brutal because it's just it raises expectations. It's just shitty. It's hard. It's hard as it is, and uh, it just sucks that every single time it's like there's going to be a golf week or golf dot com article about it. You know, anything you do, it's like oh, I can't just be a regular amateur golfer who's trying to like you know nobody's writing about Clark uh, Clark Smith eighty two in the in the state state am qualifier, but they're going to get after me about how where I finished in the Merido am. Well, I think like he was the only top, non top amateur invited or something. And they, I think he finished I'm just DFL, saying it, su it just sucks. It just sucks because he can't just play golf. And you're, you, now people will say he wouldn't get invited if, if he wasn't who he is. I'm just saying it just sucks that he can't just play his, do, do his hobby, which is clearly amateur golf is his hobby. Now that he's retired from being a very good NFL quarterback. He can't just do it without everybody being like, oh, look what he shot. This guy sucks. You know? Well, I think the contention is that he wants to be make it more more than a hobby or claims it can be more than a hobby. I think well, that's what, the, what the else is that... he supposed to do with his time? <laughs> I don't make 17 million a year calling football. Well, I don't know. I, I think he's pretty good at his job there too. So. I agree. I, I agree. I'm not trying to, this isn't trying to be an anti Tony Romo stance. We're just getting a lot of chirps about him finishing last. So, all right. It looks like you want a, one more rebuttal. Are you no, good? I'm you ready done. to get out of I've, Romo? I've okay, said my piece. We're done. All right. Okay. The Everyone same thing enjoy... happened to Steph Curry playing on TV. Everybody's question is plus one handicap. <laughs> it's like he's playing. Yeah, he's probably super nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about. I, yeah. I popping them is one thing. I mean, it's ridiculous to talk shit about these guys for, you know, a bad round or bad nine holes. It's ridiculous. I, I agree. Um, all right, everyone enjoy your Monday. It's a major championship a week. We got the U.S. Women's Open. We'll have a lot of coverage on that. We'll have a little spotlight. You got anything else you want to add? Yeah, it's just, I, you know, what was just playing through my head. All the, all the horrendous shots that Tom Brady hit in the match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of the most fun moments of the you love internet that in 2020. Yeah. Your review coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll have undoubtedly have to go through that. He split uh, his pants. He split his pants. That's right. And he made snowballs the wedge. <laughs> I don't think that was a wedge. I think it was even more than that, if I'm not mistaken. But I we'll just get love that. That, your, that moment was the, the peak of this tradition because everybody on the internet, everyone, because there's no yeah. sports, were bullying Tom Brady. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right. All right. Everyone enjoy your Mondays. We'll be back with lots of U.S. Women's Open coverage this week. Uh, a little race to Dubai coverage, and uh, we'll check in with you on Wednesday. Maybe a spotlight before then. 